0: Blob Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales, uh, and find us around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen on uh, or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. This is episode eighty-two of Trendlebed Tales, the sixth annual Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday party. But before we uh, go any further with that, let's just take a minute for some housekeeping. And so, this is our chance to remind you that if you are wanting to call in and tell uh, your Laura story or ask a question, you can call in at 714 242 5253. That's 714 242 5253 or toll free 1 8 Seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. that's one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine and that's the toll-free number Also we try and have the chat room open during the episodes and it's open now and you can both find that and stream the episode live at blogtalkradio.com/ trundlebed Tales. That also is uh, where the archive lives of any episode, so you can get it there. You can also find us on the iTunes podcast page. The iTunes uh, store has a section on podcasts, and ours are available for free. You just have to uh, download it as an MP3, and you can take it with you anywhere. And speaking of taking it with you anywhere, if you're out and about live, you can use those same numbers that we use for calling into the show to listen to the show live. And I also want to mention that we've got two upcoming episodes scheduled. Next Wednesday, uh, we are going to have John Miller, the respected Earth. Wilder- uh, expert, who uh, wrote books, including Becoming Laura Ingalls Wilder and Looking for History on Highway 14, and he's going to be here and talk about his experience with Laura. We're looking forward to that. And then uh, the week of the 22nd, or, or the Wednesday the 22nd, we're going to have Linda Halpin on, and she has made some interesting discoveries about Laura and Quilts. So I'm looking forward to both of those. Um, Our New Year's resolution here at Trendlebed Tales is to try and get back on track with the number of episodes. And so we are glad that it looks like we're able to move in the right direction. And I think that is it for housekeeping. Now we. Now we have been doing an on-air birthday party uh, since 2011, and how that happened was that uh, I don't know about other areas of the country, but uh, Laura managed to pick a time of year. When it can be really treacherous trying to have Laura Ingalls Wilder themed events. Not that people don't try, but um, I just have had to cancel so many uh, in February over the years. The last time I made an exception, it was to uh, schedule a program, it was at like the library at the next town over. And I was like, okay, surely I can get that far. The library had to cancel that program. And then cancel the rescheduling of that program because of weather. And at that point, it's kind of like, no, I'm done. So if I'm not going out and about to be doing programs on Laura, uh, I thought this would be an excellent way. So it would give people a chance who aren't braving the, the risk of winter storms to have a place where they could come and talk about Laura and do things. In the first episode I uh, did this, I talked about... The um, about the history of birthdays and how birthdays were celebrated in the 19th century. And it was, uh, and that was, I thought interesting, but I really, you can only talk about that so much. So I decided that the next year that what we were going to do is throw it open to have people call in and tell us your Laura story. Now that can be uh, something that you loved best about the books or something most interesting that you found out about Laura. It can be an experience that you had that was your most um, big Laura experience, your discovery of uh, a special thing for your collection, uh, the story of how you got introduced in Laura in the first place, a way that Laura has impacted your life, a phrase or expression from the books that you um, use and uh, as part of your life or as a piece of advice, anything that you want that really is connected with Laura. And this is going to have the lines wide open, and I hope that uh, people will call in. Uh, the number again is uh, for the direct call seven one four two four two. And toll-free, 633 9389 And we do have a caller on the line, area code 815. You are on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. My name is
0: Laura Keyes.
1: Well, thank you so much for calling in, Laura. What is uh, your story that you want to tell?
0: Well, I just have a brief one. I just wanted to share um, that I uh, spent this afternoon actually portraying Laura Ingalls Wilder at a big birthday party in Hagerstown, Indiana, in a really small but really cute
2: library.
1: Well, that sounds great. Did you, you know, as I just gave my warning, this year it actually would be perfectly fine around here. How was the weather around Hagerstown?
0: It was pretty rainy, actually. Um, That probably kept some folks away.
1: So what did you do at the birthday party?
0: Well, I fully admit I didn't help plan it, but when I arrived this afternoon, the library ladies told me that they had spent two years planning this day, and they were just ecstatic that I was able to come and obviously take part in it. There were a number of um, games, coloring pages, and small crafts for young kids, including making um, sun out of construction paper, which were really cute. Um, the ladies had put together little favor bags um, that had a little orange, a peppermint stick of candy, and a small piece of maple sugar candy in the little favor bag. There were drawings for sets of books, um, of the Little House books. I gave um, my presentation um, so people were able to uh, hear from Laura Ingalls Wilder as I portrayed her. And there was also a big birthday cake with lemonade. So that was all really cute, and um, it was—you could tell that the ladies put a lot of effort into it.
1: It sounds like it. Was the cake gingerbread?
0: It wasn't. It was a nice um, white cake, but um, they had a very nice image on it, and it had um, white icing. And I—I I ate a bit of the cake in celebration, and then I um, drank some lemonade. And I was reminded of the story in On the Banks of Plum Creek, eating white ice cake and then drinking lemonade.
1: Well, honestly, Laura has more tips of life in there. She's absolutely right. It isn't as good after you have this extra sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: About how many people do you think showed up?
0: Uh, Well, as I said, the the rainy weather did keep some away. Um, I want to say about um,
2: maybe 25
0: people altogether. Um, I I could have miscounted, but there were a lot of little ones running around um, who didn't stay to hear my presentation, which was in a separate room of the library. But the folks who did show up, um, they really liked it, and they, you know, they they were very interested.
1: Asked some good questions, so that was fun. Well, that is always good uh, when you get some questions going. So, um, this is tends to be a, a popular day for a a lot of uh, libraries to do an event. Probably the uh, biggest one is the Pomona Public Library, and this was their uh, 50th anniversary of doing. Uh, gingerbread social so I think It's really a great tradition uh, Now Laura I know uh, you're One of uh, us Laura interpreters so What uh, do you do a lot of Programs in libraries do you think Libraries are still sort of the uh, Vanguard of keeping Laura love alive
0: Yeah that's a good way of Putting it um, I do Do a lot of presentations As Laura Wolf Wilder In public libraries Um, And what surprises me is that um, there have been times that I've been hired by a um, a library staffer. I've been told that, okay, well, we're we're marketing this towards kids and families and, and, you know, putting out in the newsletter, you know, will kind of describe to me how they're marketing this presentation, and I'll show up,
2: and it'll be
0: almost all adults. There will be almost no one younger than 15 in the entire room and i just kind of that, that's happened a couple times to me which is is wonderful i mean i i don't mind anyone of any age coming to my presentations i'm happy to to get any audience member but it's just amusing to me as a presenter um, to be told that oh yes that's a great great presentation for kids let's bring you in and and uh it'll be good for for our kid presentation and then all these adults show up um, so Laura well, fans are any age really
1: they are and i have it happen the other way too that uh it doesn't they're not always able to predict uh, who shows up they can market it to kids and have the adults all show up and market it to adults and there's a bunch of kids there but it really is a wide age range and um I do uh, programs on various other topics too for my job and and for things like this. And nobody brings in a mix of ages like Laura does. I mean, it it really um, it goes way across the board. It's a very uh, diverse group, I would say.
0: I would completely agree with you. Um, there there is a lot of diversity and a huge age range, which I don't often see. Um, I've been portraying women from history since 2008, and actually the first woman that I took on was um, Mary Todd Lincoln. And I rarely see cute little six year olds coming to my presentations dressed up as Mary Lincoln. So <laughs> this is something that, that I, I enjoy with um, the Loringles while there's a slightly different crowd that comes to those presentations.
1: Well, it's kind of too bad, too, because a little Mary uh, Lincoln would be <laughs> awfully cute. I agree. Uh, she, I, I do little, agree. With uh, a little thing of flowers.
0: Yeah. And so, amusingly, I had um, a little girl, she might have been eight, um, come to a presentation today, and she was wearing a little prairie dress. And I see that a lot, and little girls like to dress up sometimes. This one actually, the, the dress, I should say, was actually very well-created and very accurate, um, a bit more accurate than I see in, with other little calico dresses. And the, this little girl had a question for me after my presentation, and she she kind of pointed to my dress that I wore, and she pointed to her own dress, and she her question was, "Why did they wear such fancy dresses?" And um, and of course, what she was really asking was, "I wear jeans every day. Why can't they wear jeans every day?" Or you know, something along those lines. But it was it was so amusing the thoughts that went through my head because I kind of wanted to explain to her, "Oh, this is a very plain dress. I I have I have embroidered silk dresses that I wear as." Mary Todd Lincoln, so what I'm wearing is Loringville Wilder' is a very plain dress, but um I helped her understand that fashions were just different fashions have evolved in America in hundred and fifty years.
1: Well, it's nice that uh it it was' an, an accurate one too. I don't think uh, i as as I get around and see more people and more events, you don't always have to have the most accurate uh, dress because I mean, it costs so much to really, the more accurate you are, the more expensive it is. And if you're just doing like a one day thing, it doesn't make any sense to pile money into getting an accurate dress. But I think if you are going to do it on a long-term basis, it's good to, to try and make it as real, um, as you can i mean to the level that you can afford and it's nice to see kids at all but it's it's especially nice when you see a little extra effort uh with the accessories with the length of the skirt with having some kind of boots yeah. it's it's nice to see see that
0: i agree and um i think that's uh um it it really shows as you say some effort being put into it though um, so some some folks, they might only bring out that, that cute little calico dress once a year um, for a special occasion, so that's understandable if not too much money or time or effort was put into it. Um, as a performer, I do put a lot of um, money and time and effort into my costumes so that they are as accurate as possible. Um, I actually did two presentations today at two different libraries. And um, I was very hot and uh, slightly uncomfortable after wearing three layers of undergarments, a um, linen and steel corset, and then my my blouse and skirt over the top of that by the time I was done.
1: So um, I'm actually going to put you on hold just a minute, Laura. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to come back to you. Okay.
0: That's fine.
1: And I just want to take a minute and encourage anybody else who might want to call in. The numbers, again, are uh, 714-242-5253. Seven, that's 714-242-5253. Our toll-free number is one 633 That That is one eight seven seven. Six three three nine three eight nine, and we have had lots of different people call in over the years at the different episodes. Uh, We had Kathleen Wall, who is a big historic cook, call in. Uh, We had Laura Camp from uh, the Mansfield Pageant. We've had um, last year they did a, a event at the Birthplace Cottage, kind of getting ready for this year's event. And we had a live report from that. But we want to hear from everybody. We've had all sorts of other people who are just regular Laura fans calling too. So if you've got a story about Laura, how she affected your life, why she's your favorite author, which is your favorite book, anything, feel free to call in and share the Laura love. Now we're going to go back and uh, pick up things again with Laura. And in- in case somebody is just picking up uh, now, Laura, do you want to say your name again?
0: Sure, I'm Laura Keyes and um, I do living history presentations as Laura Ingalls Wilder.
1: So um, what do you think is one of your most frequent questions that you get when you're out doing programs?
0: Oh gosh, Um Definitely something about the television show. Um, some combination of the question of was it accurate? Um, did this really happen? That something about that, something directly related to was the television show accurate? And um, and so I, I explained that um, television show was uh, entertainment and um, it, was, it was scripted by, by script writers. And so um, many, most really of the adventures that the Ingalls family had uh, were not accurate to um, the actual true historic Ingalls family. Um, and sometimes people are disappointed and sometimes they um, understand that, oh yes, that was just television. Television is usually made up.
1: Okay, uh, Laura, I, I apologize for putting you on hold again, but we got a couple other callers. Would you be willing to hang around?
0: That's just fine, yeah.
1: Okay. And let us bring on area code 513. Happy Laura's birthday. Hi. Happy Laura Ingalls'
3: birthday. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Um, my name is I'm Tracy Deneen on Twitter, and I think mm-hmm. we've had some conversations, so it's yeah. nice to finally talk with you.
1: Well, thank you I'm for calling excited. in.
3: Yes, I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of years, actually. So um, I work for the Claremont County Public Library, um, located near Cincinnati, Ohio, and I am the programming manager there. And so I'm in charge of the programs at all 10 of our branches. So we um, have a Lord, we had a Laura Water Party tonight. We have another birthday party on Saturday. And uh, we have themed the whole year the year of the pioneer. So I just dedicated a whole year to everything to do with pioneer life, historical, you know, reenactors, parties, um, getting back down you know, to basics as far as making things, uh, um, just all kinds of things all through the year. So I went well, real that's, hardcore. <laughs> that's really
1: great. How was the weather where you were? Were you able to have the event without any issues? We
3: had, I think we had like 34 signed up. Um, I didn't actually host the program. I just approved it and worked with them. Get the program going, but it's like sixty five degrees here, so um' it was a little rainy, but
1: it's warm well, so you know we this is the, this this is the exception that proves the rule because it does seem like it's it's just been it's decent weather most places, and I shouldn't say that because I'm sure it'll storm before the end of the week now <laughs> uh, so um you said uh you had the birthday parties come up, is there anything um from your year-long schedule That you want to point out That you thought was really cool
3: um, We did a, um, I had a memoir uh, contest actually, actually it runs all the way Through February And it's for grade schoolers And we made it very easy um, It just says once upon a time And it's an honor of Lauren's water To tell their own little stories so we don't have much in our library For writing contests For grade schoolers So um, the schools really love it and haven't gotten many submissions back, but we do have another almost a whole month to go, but about 50 or 60, which isn't too bad. Um, But we did that, um, encourage that. We're having – I talked to um, William Anderson. He might be coming to visit us in November. I'm still working out the details on that. And we have, like, beekeeping and – gardening and just everything kind of back to basics um so we have many programs we have 10 branches and um i ask that each branch do at least two programs um to do with the whole theme the overarching theme of pioneer life so um more to be created actually so i'm really i i got a lot of uh like, oh, I know you're obsessed with 4 angles water. Are, we, are you sure you were this whole year? And I'm like, yes, because our homeschoolers really love it. Um, I wish we had the Lord that was um, just talking about reenacting. Um, I wish we had someone like that in our area. Um, but if you know anyone in Greater Cincinnati, <laughs> let me know. So, um, yeah, we're really excited. This whole year's going to be wonderful.
1: Well, that is great to hear. And uh, that would maybe we could get you to report back later in the year and tell us how it's coming.
3: I'd absolutely be happy to do that. I just, okay. I'm glad I have some Laura friends out there. So <laughs>
1: It is nice. And there's a lot of great people who like Laura. It is a strong in, in, endorsement that you're a Laura fan you know it's not 100% wonderful people but there's a lot of yeah. um a lot of people who are uh yeah. now uh I, if you don't mind I'm going to go ahead and put mm-hmm. you on hold because sure. uh, we've got uh actually two other people waiting and I want to check in Great. with them but I am going to leave you on hold um okay in case we need to come back if that's okay
3: All right thanks Sarah
1: Uh-huh Thank and, you uh, area, co- area code eight one two. You are coming on the air. Who is this? This is Karen Pierce. Oh, Karen, great to hear from yes. you. Thank you for calling in. Karen, no uh, Karen is the is the only person who's told me that they love my theme song for the podcast.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So. And since <laughs> I wrote that, I take that as as a huge thing. So uh, what did you want to talk about tonight, Karen?
4: I wanted to talk about Laura Palooza 2017.
1: It's coming up this
4: summer. And I was calling in case there are people out there listening who have not heard about it. Um, I wanted to let them know that Laura Palooza with, um, 2017 which is an academic conference about Laurence Wilder will take place in Springfield this summer, um, July 11th through the 14th. Oh, sorry, Springfield, Missouri. Sorry, Springfield, Missouri this summer, um, July 11th. The 14th. Um, there will be, if you've been before, it'll be the same like evening reception on the 11th and then 12th and 13th, and part of the 14th will be um, the conference, and then some people will, I'm, I'm sure, go to Mansfield to visit Laura's home on the 14th. Um, so we um, are expecting some. Great presentations, um, among them Jim Hicks, which some people will remember from previous conferences, and Eddie Higgins, who um, I just loved her presentation last time, and Donna Jacobs, Jacobson, Eddie and Son are going to give a presentation together, um, among many, many others. There are a lot of um, proposals this year. So, um, you anyway, know, I was just calling to let everyone know, and we're going to have it at the University Plaza Hotel, in Springfield and that we have a block of rooms and people can call and get a special rate or do it online and get a special rate. Um they should just go to the um Laura paliza Facebook page for more information and updates.
1: And so is the block open for res- for? Is, is the block oh, open to yeah, reservations
4: yeah. yet? Yeah, it, it is open for reservation and we should have registration open within a month. So we'll
1: be looking okay. for that.
4: Um, Early March, I would
1: say. And uh, you have uh, sent out the membership renewal things uh, I saw in the Mm -hmm. newsletter that came through. Mm -hmm. So if there's anybody out there, even if you're not planning on coming to the conference, this is uh, the chance to nag you to remember that you should renew not only for uh, the Beyond Little House organization, but for all the home sites. Because the home sites, especially they exist because fans support them. They do not get money from the Laura Angles Wilder estate. What they get is admission, admissions, donations, memberships, and the normal percentage a bookstore would get. So that is, thank you for, uh, because you called in, Karen, I remembered to nag people, so that's good. They may not appreciate it, but I <laughs> do. Great.
2: Yes,
1: thank okay. you.
4: Mm-hmm. All
1: right. Do you want to stick around or should I go ahead and click you off? If that was um, all you wanted to say, um,
4: uh, that, uh, that's all I needed to just say. Um, okay. And happy birthday, Laura Engelswater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Thank well, you. Thank you, Sarah.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. Sorry. Okay. Bye. Bye. And we've got area code 417. You are on the air. And who is this? Area code 417. <laughs>
5: This is Marie Bristol from Ava, Missouri.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you called. I love Ava. If you guys don't know, that is south of Mansfield. And at least one way of getting in there between them two, you see a beautiful waterfall. That is where I'm planning to stay. If I ever do get back to Mansfield, which I hope I will, maybe next year, uh, is to, to stay in Ava. So how are things in Ava?
5: Oh, we just had a wonderful day today. Uh, it was the sun was shining and the temperature was in the 70s, so it couldn't have been better.
1: Well, it sounds like it. Uh, yeah, see, this is people are blowing my theory about Laura's birthday weather out of the air or out of left and right. So, um, what did you want to call and share with everybody?
5: Well, uh, As a a member of uh, the local community, um, I I act uh, in the local pageant that we have every year called Laura's Memories in Mansfield. In fact, I play Laura, or I have been playing Laura for the last few years, as she was in 1951 when Um, They named the Mansfield branch of the Wright County Library in her honor. It's now the Laura Ingalls Wilder Library. And um, uh, just an anecdote, I I have uh, gray hair, much the same as Laura had, and at the end of each performance, I sometimes have... um, children and their parents that come up to me and and the, the parents are having to explain to the children that I am not the real Laura Ingalls Wilder that I just play as if i won, and sometimes they look so disappointed
1: <laughs> yeah it is sometimes but, hard for people to tell
5: yeah but I also um work at the Wilder Home and I am uh, I work in the museum and I am uh, one of the assistants that um, am, that is located in the museum and and help people find specific things and share knowledge with them and, and other things like that and it, it is the best position I have ever had. I just love it. Words cannot express how much I love this working there, I should say.
1: Well, I am sure but there I, is lots of people would love to have that. That must be so amazing to get to see Laura's stuff every day. Is there uh, one thing that you get the most questions about or that you always see the biggest crowds around? I do have a lot of people when they come in
5: um Several people have not read the books. They have only viewed the television show. And so they're looking for Mary's husband and um uh Laura's adopted brother, Albert. And of course we had no pictures of those people.
1: Um uh, just in case anybody yeah, just let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you a second. In case anybody out there is a fan of the TV show, Albert is completely fictional. He was not a real person. He was not based on a real person. Um, that's uh, it, it's just all made up for the course of the television show. In case anybody is confused about that, but okay, pick it up that's from there.
5: right. Uh. And uh, I love hearing stories um, about um, how Laura's books have affected different people. Uh, Sometimes it was their only lifeline in a time of trouble. And um, sometimes it was the first book, the first chapter book that that they read. And every story is just so heartwarming. And it's such a blessing to be able to hear those stories.
1: Well, I'm I'm sure it is. I mean, it it sounds like a a lovely place uh, to get to work. And I know a lot of the people who do Laura presentations um, get similar people. It seems like there are lots of people who've had such a positive experience with Laura and they want somebody to be able to share that with. So I'm sure you get a lot of that there. Um, I want to flip back a minute and talk about uh, being in the pageant uh, just to, I want to make sure everybody knows that the Mansfield pageant is a little different from the ones in Dismet and Walnut Grove in that it is a musical. uh, And they have, they switch out some of the, the, who plays what roles, nobody has to learn too terrible much. The seats have back support, which is lovely. If you've sat through the um, the pageant in DeSmet with no back support, you'll know just how lovely that is. And really, the music is wonderful. I think the Farmer Boy number is one of my favorite songs ever. It really is a lovely thing. Uh, did you, Was there I've, any... Uh, or was there any word on the dates this year? The last I heard, they had not set them yet. I know you're always the Wilder Days weekend, but any other word, update you want to give me? No.
5: I <laughs> was unable able to go to our um, the last meeting that we had, and I don't know for sure what the dates are, but I will po- post them uh, on all the different sites as soon as I know. And I just want to to share everyone's enthusiasm in Missouri for uh, having the Laura Palooza in Springfield this year. We're all so excited.
1: Well, I'm very glad to hear that. I hope it's a, a great experience for both the area and the people attending. Oh, okay, well, I'm sure I it do, will be. Oh. I do actually have one more caller uh on hold. Okay. So uh do you might do you want to stick around or should uh is that all yes, you want to say? I'll go
5: ahead and listen in.
1: Okay. So go ahead and we'll get you off and area code six two oh, you are on the air. And who is this who patiently waited for seven minutes? Hi, Sarah. It's Michelle Martin. How are you? Oh, I am doing fine. How are you all in your new uh, settled, uh, are you all settled in in your new place yet? I guess is what I want to say.
6: Yes. Um, as many of you may know, my name's Michelle and I was the director of the Little House Home Site in Kansas for several years and I uh, left uh, I left the prairie two years ago, very sadly. I missed the prairie. Uh, I left two years ago because I'm pursuing my Ph.D. in American Western History
1: at the University of New Mexico. So I'm
6: all the way out in the southwest tonight.
1: Well, we're glad you could call in. Um, Michelle did a lot of uh, And encouraged and, and set up A lot of living history experiences Out at the Little House in the Prairie Museum site uh, And was always a source of new ideas So how have you kept your Laura love alive Out on the great American desert? Well,
6: I'll tell you It's it's really the, it is Laura is a universal and global phenomenon No matter where I've gone, I've traveled to Germany, New Zealand, the Netherlands, France, um, and everybody, when you say Laura Ingalls Wilder, they all immediately say, little house on the prairie, little house in the big woods. They know the books. Um, They know the television show. So it's not very difficult to to keep a Laura love alive. Um, Actually, uh, out here in Albuquerque, I've had the opportunity um, a few times to speak about Laura, and in particular look at her work as as, um, the blend of history, family history, um, good creative fiction writing. And so I've had the chance to kind of uh, do some looking at her writings um, from a historian standpoint and putting them into historical context. So I've done some presentations there. And, uh, I actually did some programs at a museum over the summer in Arizona, where we brought uh, Laura's um, Life on the Prairie um, alive for kids, and kids
1: everywhere love Laura. They certainly do. Do you do you find that there are uh, fewer event or events out there? I mean, just because the topography is is so different. Than it is in the Midwest. Is there still just as strong an association? Do you think, or is it a little weaker? You know,
6: it, it's not weaker. It's just a little different. Um, it's you're more likely here if you are going to be um, portraying Laura. And you know, I I tend I portray Laura, of course, when she's older, in her thirties and her forties. And so I get asked more to do programs either in school classrooms or to do them at libraries instead of actually at historic sites. But I I also am asked to speak more as a scholar because I'm working on my Ph.D. It's different. Um, But you're right, the topography is different, the land is different. Um, it's, It's strange to be talking about Laura and her life, and the prairie, and I think about the grass so tall when she describes being in the wagon, and the grasses were, you know, up to the tops of the shoulders of the horses, and when I'm describing that, I have to remember that sometimes the children that I'm describing to, to them, the tallest thing they've seen are cacti in the desert, and that's a far cry from tall grass in the prairie for sure.
1: It is. Um do you, as, as you're, you know, working on um, the American history, do you find uh, because this is this is something that I find dealing with the, the public and various things is that when history comes up, even if it's nothing about uh, Laura at all, that Laura is the the sort of basic touchstone that uh, Americans at least seem to have about history. Uh, There was a time I was out at the Jamestown Settlement in Virginia, and that was like, what, 2,000 miles and 200 years away from Laura, and I was just, you know, looking at the thing, and the father came up beside me with a couple kids and said, look, girls, it's just like Little House in the Prairie, which it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, but (laughs) that was their touchstone. That was how they associated history, and do you find that a lot? You know, I do actually. um, I've had the opportunity
6: in New Mexico to travel to several of the frontier Army military posts, and also to um, go to some living history villages and sites. One uh, near Santa Fe is called Las Golondrinas, and it's situated on um, the Camino Real Trail and some other some other uh, trails that come through, and uh, I happened to be walking through and there were some girls who were sitting and they were dressed in you know, 19th century attire, albeit more of a of a southwestern, of a Hispanic nature. And so, you know, they were dressed as, you know, they were dressed in the way young Hispanic girls would be. And they were doing some needlepoint and some other craft work. And you're right, and it was one of those things. They were sitting there, and there was, a, you know, a little lamp burning in the place they were working, and they were sitting there, and one girl had a slate and was sitting on the floor drawing on a slate. And a little girl who was walking through was actually in a prairie dress and a bonnet and little panelette with her pink light-up kind of shoes. And she pointed and said, look, it's the slate just like Mary and Laura had in school, Mom. So you're right, it is. And I think not just the books themselves, but, of course, the television show and the, the images we have resonate through, through the years, through the generations. And you're right. We te- you know, It's not uncommon to see that in different places. And I've seen it here in New Mexico. I've, I've seen it in Arizona in a couple of living history um, establishments where children would be playing and um you know you'd hear parents or
5: grandparents say, Oh, they
6: probably learned that from reading Little House on the Prairie or Little House in the Big Woods or you know you know, Little Town on the Prairie. I mean it's it's really amazing the reach that her work has had over the years.
1: Yes, it, it really has. I I think it has made a big impact on how people view history and um, how people think of history. And I mean, even people who don't really know uh, or any of the story about Laura's life and just kind of have a vague vision of an of a girl in pigtails with a bonnet. And, and that's their sort of go-to first thing they think of history, which is kind of interesting because I think in past times, before that got to be the case, probably people's first take on history would be more uh, along the lines of you know like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln not that they aren't big yet uh, but that that isn't people's first kind of historical thought it's you know Laura and then going on to the other things
6: yeah and you know for me I can honestly say I was probably the same way growing up in Michigan my grandmother, uh, my grandmother's name was Madeline, and she was a ch- she was a librarian at my school.
1: Um, so she must be a wonderful mother- person because you know only, only the only wonderful people are librarians.
6: That's right. She she was. <laughs> she really was. She really was. And when I was in elementary, so from kindergarten through the fifth grade, when I went to the library, I saw my grandma, and it was wonderful. But what um, she did many times she would be the one who would do the reading to the different classes and of course
5: um, um,
6: she would pick from books and she would read during the story time and it was fantastic and she really loved reading Little House on the Prairie that was specifically her favorite book in the series and she loved reading from that and my, what I remember is she would do different voices. She had a paw voice and a ma voice and a Mary voice and a Laura. And uh, she, um, if Jack the dog was barking, she would bark and she, she had a Mr. Edwards voice. And so she had all of her different vocal um, characterizations. And I remember reading, you know, listening to her and it just brought it to life. And then of course, you know she encouraged everybody to read and not to watch the television show, which, because she thought the books were so more powerful were so much more powerful and so um yeah, you know, I was the same way i I mean, I had a bonnet, I had a little prairie dress, uh she made them, and she really looked at pictures and made them really neat. Um, so I had my little but I was blonde, so I had to be Mary, and I was always upset because I wanted to be Laura, but I was always got stuck being Mary. I always felt like I got stuck being Mary because everybody loved Laura, and I felt like nobody loved Mary. And so I had long blonde hair, and I had my braids, and so I had my outfit, and so I was always Mary. But, um, and that's because of my grandmother. And I think that's one thing at the museum in my time there. What I really loved was seeing grandparents bring in their grandchildren, and more than anything, I loved when grandparents would buy the books, and they would say, I'm going to read this out loud to them, or we're on a long car trip. I want to buy the book because I want to read to them out loud while we're in the car. What a fantastic thing. So those kids got to see the site, but then they get to hear the story read by their grandparent. What a wonderful thing.
1: Yes, I think it really is, too. We uh, always did that on car trips when when I was little, and I really think um, I have traveled with people that was not their philosophy, and I have to say uh, they're missing out, that there is an awful lot of good to be reading a book aloud and not just aloud but communally so you can discuss things you can say well you know what what did that mean or I remember this that has connected with that or you know it's just it's just a great touchstone it's wonderful
6: and what it does it whether we think about it at the time or not it creates long-lasting memories and you know my, my grandmother passed away three years ago and I still to this day you know, remember sitting on the little rugs in the library and listening to her read that aloud to us. And I remember I was disappointed when I got to fifth grade because when you got to fifth grade she read different things. Um but when you were younger, uh, she always would read um, you know, from Little Hassan's or and she would expand out into other uh others of Laura's works but she really liked Little House on the Prairie the best. I remember being very sad because I thought I was going to hear all of her, her Laura voice and her Ma voice and her Pa voice read Little House on the Prairie. But when I got to fifth grade, um, I can't even remember what she read to us in fifth grade because Little House on the Prairie made
1: such an impression on me. Yes, it, it is interesting what uh, what sticks with you and um, that is actually maybe next year I will have to make that kind of a theme about how grandmothers uh, affected people becoming Laura fans because I think that really there is a lot to that. I, I had a grandmother who made my Laura dress and I had a the other grandmother made me a little doll and um, a grandpa uh, made me a little covered wagon I still use in my display and it's just really great to. To have that that intergenerational connection, I will, will. I do want to say though, you're absolutely right about playing Mary because I usually got stuck playing Mary because I had to say at school that let's play Laura, and when they gave in to me, they usually would say, okay, well then I'll play, but I have to be Laura and you have to be Mary, and it was like. Mm-hmm. Come on, which is too bad. I mean, it's, it really is. Since I've yeah. been involved with the Mary Ingalls Society, I have come to realize that we live in a very Laura centric real world. And Mary has a definite good point and they never really like the thing about the birthplace is, like in Pepin kind of gets, it irritates me a little bit now because it's says birthplace of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, it's also birthplace of Mary Ingalls. Mary. She gets some billing uh-huh. there.
6: Yes. And, well, you know, and
1: and it's interesting because people
6: really think about um the home site in Kansas more so they think about it being connected to Laura's book and they think about it less as also being the birthplace of Carrie. Of and Carrie yeah. was born at the Kansas site and so and um so you know, it you're right. And I think it's because, of course, Laura's voice comes through in in the books the strongest, right? And uh, the rest of the family are there, and so I and I I, I do I always feel bad. I always I always felt bad for Mary because you're right. Mary always kind of got pushed to the side, and then Mary almost be, you know becomes a tragic footnote. Mary is the sister that went blind, and then it's mm-hmm. almost when she becomes blind. There's almost this erasure of Mary, from, you know, the conversation and really if you look at the letters that um, you know, that Carrie writes to Laura especially in the the last couple of years of Mary's life. I mean, they're just they're so they're so tragic and heartbreaking but beautiful and it shows these this wonderful connection between this, you know, between Mary, Laura and Carrie. Um, that they sustained, you know, despite Mary's health, her blindness, um, despite the fact they went in different directions, that that there was a very strong bond. between And that's really apparent when you look at the letters, especially the last letter Carrie wrote to Laura um, to let her know that, you know, Mary's, Mary's time was very, very, very short and, you know, imploring Laura, you know, I wish you, you know, I remember she says, you yeah, know, I wish you could come but I don't think you'll get here soon enough. And I mean, Oh my gosh. When I read that letter, every time I've gone to Mansfield and I read that letter, I stand there in the museum and cry. They need to put a little, they need to put a stand with a box of handkerchief right next to that letter. Um, (laughs) Well, that
5: actually
1: would be a good idea. Uh, I got (laughs) one more caller. I want to get to Michelle, but but I did want to say just quickly that don't feel too bad about having to be married though, because I made my baby brother be Jack the dog. So <laughs> there were worse places. That's true. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, okay, and, and and our last caller, I think, that we'll have time for is area code 615. You are, there it goes, you are on the air.
2: Hey, Sarah, congratulations from your number one fan in the South. It's oh, hello. Tennessee. Tennessee. Well, How are I'm you? so glad you called in. Um,
1: I am doing fine, and, you know, I am sure you are going to make it a blanket statement that the weather is perfect down where you are for Laura's birthday, right?
2: <laughs> Actually, we had a big uh, storm here today, <laughs> so that will make you feel, I feel
1: Yes, it will. <laughs> so did, did you have any big events going on down there?
2: No, no big events except what little noise I made for it, but uh, I wanted to um, – tap in and tell you how much again I appreciate everything you do your glue that holds all the fans together and uh, it's not only her 150th birthday but our 10th anniversary since I met you can you believe it's been that long ago that all those uh, crazy men came up there and, and uh, did the Laura Ingalls Wilder Trail one of the best trips we ever made we still talk about it all the time
1: well that that is very good to hear no I can't believe it's been 10 years Uh they we I was up in Pepin doing and now I'm looking off to the side as if I'm including the group, even though there's nobody here, okay, looking back at the <laughs> computer uh there um we I was up in uh Pepin doing one of my talks, and I was staying at the anderson house um uh, bed and breakfast, basically it the is cat and <laughs> yeah they yes, they <laughs> had. They had at that time. They they actually I think they're back open again, but without the cats. At that time, you could check out a cat to put in, to take to your room with you, which was just sort of an all sorts of awesome thing. And there's actually a picture book about that. So if anybody's interested, I, when I get this posted, I'll have to add the note for the the name of the book, but, uh, we went, I went down to breakfast and thought I was going to leave in a few minutes. And instead I got into a wonderful conversation with, uh, see, I think there were four of you. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Three. Three? yeah
1: three, of them. three, three, uh, who, of these great guys who were doing the Laura trip, which I think is so great because there are a lot of, um, people who are, are women who talk about doing the Laura trip and being Laura fans and I think there's probably just as many men that they don't really um say so as much. So I think it is just so great that you have been so continue to be so excited about Laura and give programs and things and uh, uh Laura said in one of her, her letters that she was always so glad when she got a letter from a boy because she always thought that they were Equal Boy and Girl books So I am always glad to hear about what you're Doing
2: Oh indeed and uh, best of luck To you but many happy returns of the day And uh, keep up your good work For sure
1: (laughs) Well thank you very much
2: And your invitation still stands for you To come out here and spread The um, lessons out here In Tennessee for sure And that was home of Mr. Edwards you know He talks about being a sprig back in Tennessee So um, your last caller would, I think, remember the foundation that's uh, out there where she used to be. Great, great trip. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it to all of your listeners.
1: Well, thank you. Um, that it, it really is. I, I Honestly, if anybody out there is wondering, is it worth it to do a Laura trip, I would say that the answer is unequivocally yes. And how much time and money you have and what you're especially interest where you go, but if you're interested in Laura at all, I think it's a great thing to do, and even if you're not um even if you're not really sure you're all that interested in Laura, I think going to one of the home sites will get you interested. Do you think that's a a fair thing to say
2: absolutely absolutely it is
1: okay well uh. I've got about 30 seconds left, so do you have any great wisdom that you want to pass on to end us on a high point?
2: Uh, on a high point, how about just uh, remember her famous words "If it's yeah. the small things that are the real ones after all.
1: Well, I think that probably is a good point to leave it on. Thank you so much for calling in. And thank you, everybody who called in. I am always um, a little nervous when I do this episode because if nobody calls in, then I have to tap dance for an hour. So thank you so much to everybody who called in. If you were working up your nerve and didn't quite get it worked up enough, I hope that you will call back next year because we will be doing another hour of Laura uh, fandom talking and, uh, I think maybe those would be a couple themes to recommend people to think about next time about grandmothers and getting you involved in the books. And I think playing Laura, I think playing Laura ends up being a kind of a big part of um, the Laura love too. And I think I just lost some people because that is our hour of time. But uh, I wanted to take one last minute to wish everybody out there a happy 150th Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday, and I want to make sure that you all know that you ought to brighten the corner where you are.